0: Okay, who wants to whistle after watching that bumper video? Taylor, you do. I know you do. I do, too. Well, I uh, see some familiar faces and some unfamiliar faces. So I am Mark McNally. I'm the director of outreach here on campus, and I get to launch into a brand new sermon series called Growing as a Community. And in the aspect of our growing as disciples of Jesus, we're going to look first at serving. And so I want to throw out a question to you to start us off. What are some things in your past, maybe in your present, that have been roadblocks for you in terms of getting into serving, taking that first step into serving, or possibly in the midst of service, just wanting to throw in the towel. Anybody offer up? Don't have time. Okay. Yeah. Lack of time. That's often. What's that? Experience. Experience. Not sure I'll know how to do it. Right. Or what I'm doing. It's good. Others? Lazy? <laughs> okay, that's just bold on <laughs> bold honesty. Did you deal with that when you came through the communion line, Jake? Okay, good. Just time of confession. Okay, afraid that you'll just put yourself out there and be all alone. Okay. Yeah. Any others? Burnout. Burnout. Yeah, you step away from it because you're just done. Right, spent. Yeah. All very valid. I had an experience um, in the McNelly home recently where I learned a little bit about my motivation for serving and how I serve sometimes without the proper motivation of love. And so let me introduce you to a potential we thought was going to be member of the McNelly family. There's Grace, the, the stray cat who found a home on our front porch. And interestingly enough, my wife and children put food out and the cat stayed. Wow, that's kind of strange. but So Grace hung around for three or four days, and I uh, assumed that since they put the first food out, that the, they would continue to put the food out. Well, the food didn't get put out, and, and I like to work on a chair very close to our front porch. It's been nice enough for the windows to be open. So I, trying to have some peace, Bible open, writing this sermon, And I'm just like, oh, how do I shut this cat up? Feed it, right? So get up, frustrated, set the laptop aside, get the food, walk out. I'm stomping and pouting. I throw the food in there, go back and sit down, go back to work. Second time it happens, I go out there and I put the food in the the bowl and she doesn't start eating it. And I look down, I'm like, Grace, what's up? I'm having a conversation with our new stray cat. Grace, what's up? she comes over and starts rubbing up against my legs and going, I thought to myself, okay, she was meowing because she actually wanted attention and not food. And I had gotten it wrong. And a stray cat in that moment kind of melted my heart about, next time, I promise you, now that this connection has been made, I could be a little frustrated, but I'm also going to be driven by a new motivation. That motivation is gonna be, this cat was actually kind of nice to me. (laughs) I sort of don't want it to be hungry anymore, right? Do you see how sometimes when our motivation to serve, to step out, to meet another's needs, is motivated by love and relationship, how completely different that transforms our experience? In both cases, Grace got the food. I Poured the food in both times, but my heart was completely different. I came across a quote this week from Amy Carmichael. She was a, a missionary, and she said this, You can always give without loving, but you cannot ever give love without giving. I'll say that again. You can always give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And I thought to myself, well, what, what profound truth that is for a follower of Jesus how crucial it is for us to do the work. I love the fact that we did communion first because it's important for us to do the work of love, understanding that we are loved by God, that he just lavishes that by his sheer grace upon us, and that the driving force, the driving factor, the driving fuel for our serving others must be love. Well, we come into a text of scripture that uh, I'm gonna guess many of you are uh, not terribly familiar with, and you may not have ever heard a sermon preached on it, but it's Romans chapter 16, and in Romans 16, Paul finishes this incredible book of, of high theology. He's, he's covering a lot of aspects of who we are and who God is and salvation and how salvation happened and what that means even to the Israelites, and so he's got history, he's got uh, culture, he's got theology, he's just Romans. If you want to tackle one book that is just so comprehensive, tackle Romans. But he gets to the end of it, and you would think, at the end of chapter 15, you would think he's kind of done, but he goes into these personal greetings, and we have in Holy Scripture, we have Paul calling out over 30 people by name in this letter to the church of Rome, and he's commending them, and he's greeting them, and he's telling each of them to greet each other, and is reminding them of what these people have done in service to him and to the mission and to each other. And it's just this, it's just this passage that you would think, like whenever you're going through uh, Numbers and Leviticus and Matthew and Luke, you've got the genealogies and you're just like, why is this in scripture? <laughs> like, why do I need to know all of these names that I'm never gonna remember, right? Well, okay, can some of you go through the Matthew and Luke genealogies that lead from Adam to Jesus? If you can, I'm impressed. But most of us, right, we kind of breeze through those, and then we don't commit them to memory. So what's Paul doing here? Why is it important in this letter to include all of these names and all of the things that they were doing in the mission? Well, let's read, and then we're going to kind of unpack. We're going to find out why. Now, there are some names that are extremely difficult to pronounce. I have practiced them, but I will probably fumble a few, so please give me some grace. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church in Sancria. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been a help to many, and especially to me. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I am thankful to them, and so are all of the Gentile churches. Also give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend Epinetus. He was first person from the province of Asia to become a follower of Christ. Give my greetings to Mary who has worked so hard for your benefit. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who were in prison with me. They are highly respected among the apostles and became followers of Christ even before I did. Greet Ampliatus, Ampli- my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ and my dear friend Stachus. Greet Apellus, a good man whom Christ approves. And give my greetings to the believers from the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet the Lord's people from the household of Narcissus. Give my greetings to Tryphena and Tryphosa, the Lord's workers. To dear Persis, who worked so hard for the Lord. Greet Rufus, who from the Lord picked out to be his very own. And also his dear mother, who has been a mother to me. Give my greetings to As- Asyncritus, Phlegion, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and the brothers and sisters who meet with them. Give my greetings to Philologus, Julia, Nerus, and his sister, and to Olympus and all the believers who meet with them. Greet each other in Christian love. The Greek there literally is greet each other with a sacred kiss. All the churches of Christ send you their greeting. All right. That's the word of God for the people of God. Now, we see some things about Christian service in here that are important for us to understand. And as we walk through here, we're also gonna look at some areas that we can plug in to serve here on campus. So you were all handed a serve brochure. Please have that at the ready. We're gonna look at that. The first thing we see when Christians serve from love is that it is missional. We see that Paul is talking about the mission. He calls these people coworkers and it, that first and foremost, yes, personal needs are being met, Yes, personal relationships are being grown, but first and foremost, what's happening here is the mission of Jesus Christ is being furthered in the world. Churches are being planted. Disciples are being made. People are obeying the teachings of Jesus. People are being healed. Corruption is being overturned in governments, and communities are being completely transformed like we see throughout Asia when Christianity spreads. And Paul is talking about these relationships and is referring to them as co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. So when a Christian serves from a position of love, we know from Amy Carmichael's quote that you can never love without serving. If you love, then you're pouring yourself out for others. As a Christian, we have to understand that a part of that is gonna be missional. It's gonna have not only an implicit, a a quiet, a behind-the-scenes kind of reference to who Jesus Christ was and what he taught and what he did, it's going to have an explicit, it's going to have an external and outward expression of who Jesus Christ is. When you go through the book of Acts, you, you actually see a proclamation, not as much of the crucifixion of Jesus, but the resurrection, the linchpin of Christianity, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He came alive. He fulfilled the prophecy. He is the Messiah. So that we know That personal experience and relationship building and people's physical and spiritual needs and emotional needs being met is an aspect of Christian service. It's all secondary to the mission. The second thing we see is when Christians serve from love, that it is cross cultural. I love how he points out that in one place that one of these persons was a government official. So he, he says, this person has some status in the community. He's got some political authority. And then there's some others in the passage that were prisoners with him, right? So you got government officials, you got prisoners, you got men, you got women, you have people with enough means to host the church in their home. We know throughout the spreading of Christianity through the Roman empire that it, it was especially uh, attractive to the poor. So we know that there were rich and there were poor. We know that there were, from this passage, we know that there were Greeks and we know that there were Jews. And so what we see in Christian service is that we have this common denominator in Christ that breaks down every single barrier. It breaks down generational barriers, which we see here on campus with the amount of people we see intergenerationally serving the younger ones on campus from the preschool through the youth. You see it cross Socioeconomic barriers, which we see in programs like Jobs for Life and the Life Change Plan and Church at the Center. You see it crossing racial barriers, which was happening then, Jew and Greek, ethnic barriers. If you want to find out whether a community of faith is truly being led by the Spirit to serve one another in a community, providing that community is diverse, which Springfield isn't incredibly diverse (laughs) in a lot of those ways, racially and ethnically anyway, there will be this cross-cultural element to Christian serving. Because whenever you listen to the news, whenever you go to most um, community organizations, you hear people refer to themselves and and identify themselves from the way that they grew up or from a background that they have ethnically or from a school that they went to or a segment of of profession – And the common denominator in all Christian service is that we're crossing these barriers, every single barrier that we can see with our eyes because what's happened inside us brings us all together and unites us and we serve one another in love. The third thing we see when Christians serve from love is that it's personal. Now what I mean by that is Paul is naming names. How cool would that be, right? To be one of the names listed in Holy Scripture Like you're serving Paul and and yeah, it gets hard sometimes, but he's the attaboy kind of leader and he's letting you know you're doing a good job. and And then you get this letter from him and your name's in it. Paul, if you are reading, if you were listening to what I read, Paul lists over 30 names and he's listing them for a reason. He's reminding us that when we grow in relationship with one another in the church and we serve side by side, our lives will be transformed. Individual lives will be completely transformed when that happens. The next thing when Christians serve from love is that it is integral. Now, some of you know that I like to alliterate my points, so you're thinking, integral, what? You know, that doesn't sound like... Integral is a very important term in terms of what happens whenever the body of Christ is serving together. The definition of integral is... Okay, Integral is necessary to make a whole complete. Necessary to make a whole complete essential or fundamental. So a part of Christian serving is that we each recognize that while we are one in Christ, we each have unique gifts and abilities that are given to us to serve one another. If you look back in chapter 12, Paul unpacks in verse 4 through 8, a similar teaching that he throws out there in Ephesians and also in Corinthians. He's talking about gifting and how we come together and we make a fullness of the ministry of Jesus Christ only when we come together and serve with one another. In Romans 12, chapter 4, it says, Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, encourage well. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Now, that's not an exhaustive list of the spiritual gifts, but you get the idea. Paul is putting them in there to kind of let the Christians know that it's important for each of you to do what it is that I've gifted and called you to do, or that thing that I've called and gifted you to do won't get done. And that something will lack in the ministry of the church. So we went on a ministry staff retreat to St. Louis a couple of years ago, and we happened, the Cardinals happened to be in town. I'm not sure how that happened. Bob, was that an accident that the Cardinals were playing a home game when we went up there to the Not an accident, okay, good. (laughs) So here I am at the City Museum. How many of you have been to the City Museum in St. Louis? Fantastic experiments. Yeah, okay, a lot of you. I don't know if you remember this exhibit, but I walked up to it. I was a little confused about what it was, but it was a glass top, so I thought I'd jump on it. I jump on it, and I look down and and show a picture of what I see. I see all of these hands. All of these hands are pushing up on the glass, and they are all these little tiny plastic, I would guess relatively weak, in and of themselves, figurines, right? Like almost toy soldiers, if if you're looking at them. And then there's another picture. Look at that. All holding the glass up. And the reason why I love this illustration is because actually you could pull a few of them out and I would still stand on the glass, right? I wouldn't fall through. The glass wouldn't, and everybody else wouldn't die. But you pull a few more out, probably the glass is still going to hold up. Pull a few more out. Okay, there's thousands of them. Probably the glass is still going to hold up, right? A few more, 10 more, 50 more. I'm guessing there is enough people underneath there that it's still going to hold up. And here's the problem with the, the, what the illustration shows to us. It's the way it is in the church. We feel like, well, if I don't serve, there's still, man, the greeting team, there's a ton of them. There's a different person each week. They probably don't need me. The cookies get out every week. People are driving the golf carts, which actually looks fun. I think that might be a hard minister to break into. But, right? We, th- we think that if we don't serve, it's going to get done by somebody else. Or if, if one of those figurines is pulled out, Mark's still going to stand on the glass. He's not going to break it, and it's not going to be embarrassing. He's not going to fall on his face. But what's happening? It's not as strong as it could be, right? Even though it might not cave in, it's lost some of its strength. It's lost some of its fullness. And if you look at the picture, there's also an aesthetic aspect of this. There's an artistic aspect of this. You look at it, and it's just it's a beautiful picture of people side by side by side, shoulder to shoulder, back to front, holding me up underneath that glass. We've got to break through the mindset that if we don't step in and serve, somebody else will or if that we don't step in and serve, it really isn't taking that much away from the fullness of the ministry that Christ would do through the church, because it is. We are missed when we don't step in to our place in the body of Christ. So it's at this time if you does everybody have a service brochure? that I want to point you to the serve brochure, and I want to ask you to open it. And I get to do something that Paul got to do nearly 2,000 years ago, and so I'm really excited about this. It came to me yesterday, um, so I'm not really rehearsed on it that much, but I am going to go through each of these headers, and as I get to the header, I have been here for almost 10 years, here meaning Schweitzer, and I know a lot of people who have served, and so I'm going to call some people out by names. All right, Some of you are in the room, and I'm going to thank you, and I'm going to ask other to, others to thank you, and I'm going to commend you and others who are just entering into the church, others who are thinking about stepping into a first step of serving, you're going to hear what Paul was sending to the Roman church from me as a leader in the church to some of you. I'm super excited about this. All right. Who's ready? Who's ready? Come on. Who's excited about serve brochures in here today? Come on now. All right. Yeah, thank you. All right. Administrative. Okay, Carol Luce. I saw her here this morning. Carol Luce, um, she's got the pink hair now. Did you see that? She looks great. Anyway, she's retired, and she's also retired from the office assistant. She used to sit for years. When I first got here, she was one of the people that sat up front when you walked in the door, always with a smile, and more importantly to me than the smile, the no-bake cookies. Huh? Bob, the no-bake cookies? Solid, right. So whenever you get to be an office assistant here at Schweitzer, you don't just come in and answer the phone and learn whose extension is what. And her smile every day that I would walk in that door. And those no bake cookies, they mattered. They mattered to me, they mattered to others on the staff, they mattered to people that walked in the door from outside who had no relationship yet with Schweitzer. And so if you want to serve in one of the areas of administration, do that. The next one is, help me out, CARE, thanks, I'm getting you involved. All right, in CARE, (laughs) The Patch Ministry was a ministry that flew so much under the radar for so long. It was run by Dan Penovich, and Dan has handed the ministry off to Jim Peterson. And what the Patch Ministry does is once a month, um, they take kids up to see their moms um, in prison up in Chillicothe. And it's a full-day thing. It takes all day. You take the church vans, and is that amazing, right? And you can sign up for that ministry, and you can be one of the ones that jumps in the van and goes up there and helps these kids see their moms who are serving time. And that's one of many care ministries they can do. And so I, if you know Dan Penovich or you know Jim Peterson, I am thankful for them and I hope you are too. The next one is first impressions and I already kind of called it out, the golf cart ministry. Thank you, Erin Johnson. I don't know if she's in the room um, for the golf cart ministry. It's fantastic. And Mary Beth and Bill McNeil, whenever I walk through the garden, I live near the church. And so I walk through the garden. One of the first things I see on Sunday morning is that golf cart. And every time I see them, even when it's raining, They're smiling, and that makes a difference. So First Impressions Ministry is huge here. If you want to sign up for one of those, you get an opportunity to later. All right, what's next? Kids, Sunday class helpers are needed. Now, I have a son. He's eight. He came all the way up through Grow to Know Preschool, and he's been a part of the church um, ever since. And every time that he sees Liz Craig or Don Thompson, and I'm sorry, if you've taught Mason in a Sunday school class, I, I don't want to overlook you and, and miss you. Scott Bolton's in the room. He was one of his preschool teachers. But, man, Liz Craig and Don Thompson, every time he sees them, his, his face just lights up. And the, and the ministry that they do, pouring into kids, makes a real difference. So it could be today that you're called. I thank Liz Craig and Don Thompson for everything you've done in Mason's life. Thank you. And so um, if you want to sign up for that, there are a lot of other areas in kids' ministry that you can sign up for. Media, right? All right, who's with me still? Slide operators, when I first got here, Will Colonna was doing the slides, and he's still doing the slides. Sharon Hadley uh, was doing the slides, and she's still doing the slides. Just stalwarts, man. They are back there, and they don't miss a beat. And on Sunday night, we have some slide operators at church at the center that miss a lot of beats, and so I appreciate those two so much. (laughs) And so if you have an attention to detail and you like to serve behind the scenes, slide operators are good, or you can talk to Taylor about other areas. Uh, Music and worship is another one, and I'm going to call Stephanie and Daryl Hassey out on this, okay? When I first came to faith, I came to a Saturday night service, and I professed in front of the whole church. Uh, Bob let me profess to the whole church that I just come to faith, and Stephanie and Daryl, you guys were there, right? And they've served for almost 10 years. How much longer than 10 years? like 12 years in the music and worship ministry, and thank you for what you've done. It's made a huge difference in my spiritual formation, and I appreciate it. So the next is outreach. I know a little bit about outreach as the outreach director. Um, I'm excited about us starting to partner with some uh, organizations outside of Schweitzer. Crosslines has a table over next door. So Crosslines is here letting you know what they can do. Uh, Shameless plug, my wife Caitlin is a part of I Pour Life, which reach out to at-risk youth. And so they're here and you can work with that organization as well. And then just mentoring. Mentoring has become a big thing here on campus with Jobs for Life and Faith and Finances and um, the Life Change Plan. And so if you're called to pour into a life of a person who's just getting started in their faith or just coming out of prison or someone in the foster care system, then sign up for one of those options among others. So what's next? Next? Thank you. Prayer. Um, So when we started the food pantry uh, years and years and years ago, and when I came on staff, it was already going, but it was really small and it was in the office next door. And Lynette Lewis, if you know Lynette Lewis, her and I have this ongoing kind of volley back and forth as to who started praying for the people who are waiting for food. Okay. Uh, It was Lynette. She wants to give me credit for it, but it was her. And what happened was there were people getting food here at the church in the pantry, and Lynette saw them sitting outside the glass of the office doors, waiting for sometimes 15, 20, 25 minutes for food, and she thought to herself, is anybody going to talk to them? (laughs) You know, is anybody going to pray with them? And she did it, and then I followed suit, and then now there's Patty Hunt right there. You're on the pantry prayer team. When people come in for food in this building, they go into that room right there, and they receive prayer because we don't think it's okay. Remember the missional aspect of Christian serving from love? We don't think it's okay just to feed somebody's body. We believe that God calls us to feed their soul. So if you, are, uh, you love prayer, you're driven to pray for others, then there's different prayer ministry that you can plug into on there. Uh, young adults, uh, Jake, I commend you. It's one of the words that uh, Paul uses in Romans, but I commend you because our philosophy for young adult ministry here on campus, is not to have this little cluster of young adults. They kind of have their own sub-church within a church over here doing all their own thing. Jake sees his role as bringing the young adults together and then funneling them into the life and ministry of the church, an intergenerational ministry with all of us, even us old folks. So thanks, Jake. I commend you for that. If you want to serve on young adults, then you can do that today through the serve brochure. And then the final is youth. So we have a, a, Tim Smith is a very gifted, and he's been here since I've been here, a youth director here on uh, campus. And so I thank Tim, but there's another guy I want to thank. And his name is Bud Meyer. Bud uh, is a guy that I got to know through like Sunday school classes. And I was trying to learn the scriptures and I took Christian believer. And Bud is kind of an intellectual. He's a teacher. So he likes to, you know, study the scripture. And so I got this uh, image of Bud Meyer, right? Um, and then he started serving in the youth. And I'd walk up to Bud and I would go, hey, Bud, you know, how's it going serving with the youth? He does teaching and small group facilitating. Never saw this in Bible study before. His face just lights up. If you've ever talked to Bud about serving the youth, he's like, no, no, this is serving me. And these kids are so into it. And you'd think that they just don't care and they just want to play video games. No, they, they just want people to care about them and spend time and invest in them. I'm like, man, Bud, this is like, you're getting me kind of pumped up here. I want to go do ministry. And so if there's an area in youth ministry that you'd like to plug into, um, do that in the Serve brochure today. And I'm thankful for Tim and and also for Bud and everything that they do. I'm gonna throw, I don't know if I mentioned there were four ways that Christians serve from love and Christian service is from love, uh, but I'm gonna throw in a bonus way, all right? We get a bonus way today. And when Christians serve from love, it's joyful, all right? You just hear throughout, Those 16 verses of Romans chapter 16, this joy, right? And Paul's writing letters from prison. The one that he writes to the Philippian church is about joy. And he's beaten and he's whipped and he's shipwrecked and he's snake bit and (laughs) run out of town and misunderstood and misrepresented. And Paul's got this joy and he's naming names and he just has this deep affection for serving the gospel whether it costs him his life or not. So I mentioned earlier, um, not a huge confession, that I wasn't serving Grace the Stray Cat with uh, joy, right? <laughs> All right, I wasn't. Um, but I also lose my joy in serving an outreach ministry here too. I'll just, I'll just put that out there. Um, I get what's commonly called compassion fatigue. I get worn down. I get to where I'm cynical and jaded, a little hard-edged. I don't want to hear another story. I'm sorry, this is getting really confessional. Um, And you know, there are times where I just need to get away. There really are. There are times where I need to find some more um, solitude. I need to get to the monastery. I need to, I mentioned in a sermon a couple of months ago that my wife and and another Christian leader made me go to the monastery. Uh, So that's that's a part of how you address. Uh, Over here, there was the burnout. There's a there's an aspect to Christian service to remain joyful where you do need to kind of get away. Um, That is is real. But you know, for me, I think just as often as that, if not more, it isn't that I need to get away. It's that I need to change my motivation. And it's I need to change my perspective. I need to change my purpose for why I'm serving people. I need to find a way to be joyful in my service. There's a book that I just recently read called Serving Without Sinking. I recommend it to people who are kind of at burnout and wanting to, you know, sort of figure out how to find your joy again in serving. Um, I'm here to tell you, for me to kind of right that ship, for me to get that correction in my attitude, I have to go to the person and the work of Jesus Christ. I have to remember that as the Amy Carmichael quote said, that you can serve without loving. You can, I mean. People give all the time. People write checks. People show up at soup kitchens. I mean, people give. Organizations give. But you can never love without serving. And for me, in those moments of devotion, I have to sit and I have to remember that Jesus could have served without loving, but he loved. And that completely motivated him to leave the throne and the glory and the eternal worship of heaven to come and be a vulnerable baby, to grow up a regular life with siblings, learning a trade, and then go on three years of vocational ministry that I don't know if you feel sorry for yourself in your ministry or not, Jesus's ministry was even harder. (laughs) And I think about the days before the cross when Jesus got down on his knees, the creator of the entire universe, the Lord of all gets on his knees and he cleans his disciples' feet. May I remind you, not only his friends, but his enemy. Jesus, on his knees, cleaning Judas' feet. Think about that. You're serving, you're joyless, you're burned out, you're tired of people, and these are people that you probably like, (laughs) right? Jesus... Love drives and compels him to serve even his enemies. And then he gets accused, falsely tried, whipped, beaten, spat on, and he, gets, and he hangs on a cross. And on the cross, we think that those nails held him up there. Those nails didn't hold Jesus up on the cross. It was love that held him up on the cross. He even mentioned at his trial, he could call thousands of angels down from heaven. He could have put a stop to the whole crucifixion if he wanted to. But he was driven to save you and to save me out of love. And I don't know about you, if I was Jesus, I give Jesus compassion fatigue probably. (laughs) No, I don't. He's perfect. But I have to wear Jesus out sometimes. I fall short. My motivation goes wrong. Even when I'm doing something right outwardly, my heart's not right. And so I would ask you today, where are you at in serving Because if you have the love of God within you, you will serve. You can serve without loving. You cannot love without serving. Maybe you've stepped away from serving. Maybe you've gotten burned out. That's a reality. Maybe you do need to take a little time away, but maybe it's something else. Maybe you need to come back to your place where you remind yourself not that you need to serve first, but that you need to be served the life, death, cross, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and as an example of God serving your deepest and ultimate needs. And just receive that. Receive that and use that as a motivation to drive you into service or back into service. I, w- I really want to encourage you today to sign up for one of those ministries. If something sparked, the Holy Spirit sparked in your heart as we walked through those Sign up for one today. If you don't and you get out of here and you haven't, I want to challenge you by Wednesday of this week. Don't let it drag out too long. By Wednesday of this week, sign up for one of those ministries. And if you have a ministry, some of those ministries were birthed out of the hearts and the dreams and the vision that God gave people in this church. There could be something in next year's serve brochure that's in your heart and your mind today. Let a pastor or someone here on campus know about that. Well, we're gonna call the music team up at this time and ushers, if you would get ready um, to come forward, Uh, the offering is gonna be taken at this time. So as you give your tithes and offering, thank you for all of the generosity that helps ministry on this campus happen. But as the offering baskets go around, this is your opportunity. If you have already filled out the place on the connection card where you wanna serve and take that next step into serving, then put it in the joy baskets today as they come around. And for all the rest of us, As we close in worship today, I just want to encourage you to dig down deep into what your motivation for serving is. If you love, you will serve. But keep your motivation pure and in the love and the glory and the power of Christ. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for a place to gather and a place that is where we can freely worship you. Thank you for serving us through sending your son and then now sending your Holy Spirit to be with us. I pray that you would compel and convict those of us that need to take those steps back into or for the first time into serving. We trust all of this to you and we give ourselves to you so that you can expand your kingdom and expand your glory in our lives and our families and our community and in the world. Amen.